said Carl. Awesome. Everybody, y'all come on up. Make it to the front. Robbie in the house. What's up, girl? All right, somebody grab a mic for me. We're going to open up with testimonies. What's up, Mark? Oh, snap. Take my boy. I'm looking good. What's up, boy? What's up, man? Praise the Lord. We're going to open up with testimonies. Lord, we thank you. We honor you, God. We acknowledge you. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. Anybody got a testimony they want to share? Or I'm just going to keep the mic. Uh -oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who got a testimony? Come on, Mamie. Praise God. I'm so excited. I talk a lot with my hands. I'm going to try to actually be still during this testimony. Be still and know that I am God. <laughs> my hands. I, I was watching my testimony from when we had to go there. I had the cat shirt on. You had the Batman. <laughs> I was watching and there was no audio, right? But my hands was like... I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to be still. Okay, so um, last week, no, last year, okay, we had to move from our home out at um, in Pooler in Golly Station, right? And um, so we moved to a, an apartment after we um, released our our home. We moved to our to a, an apartment on the other side of Pooler, which put us in a different like school zone for our kids, right? So. Um, the girls finished out the school year at Golly Station Elementary and Middle School. So I was requesting for them to, for the school district to allow my, my kiddos to remain, even though um, we had moved to a different school zone. I wanted them to remain because they did really well academically and it really helped them to develop socially and stuff like that. And so, um, so... I took all the information, wrote up a really nice letter, took it to um, the to Golly Station Elementary, and the lady, the academic affair lady, she was like, "Well, you have to submit your documents to the Board of Education, and there's a one week window, and it starts on June sixth um, at eight o'clock. So literally June sixth at eight o'clock, like I was down parking. I had a parallel park. Not Carl. Carl knows I'm a horrible parallel parker. I parallel parked that thing so good that day. <laughs> I was on time. I have my documents, and um, I was the first one in there, like you know, to to put my kids on this academic placement, right? So the lady at the um, the board of education, she was like, she like literally, Golly Station was completely off of the list. It was not even an option. Like there was not even. She was like, I'm sorry, we you know, there's absolutely because the school is kind of overcrowded. It's a really really good school. And I mean, I started crying and she was, she was really tough. She was like, not even, my tears didn't mean anything to her. She was like, you got to scratch that out and put something else. Well, because the school, the school that's in the zone that we live now is not really like a good school. I was like, oh man, I just don't really want them to go to that school. So there was two other schools on the option, which was Bloomingdale and Rice Creek, Rice Creek which my oldest isn't, she's going into middle school, right? So I would have to drive her out to Rice Creek. Creek, I don't know why that's hard for me to say, out in um Effingham and have my drive the other drive the twins to Bloomingdale. So like I'm it's two opposite ways in the morning and picking them up at you know in the afternoon. But I was like, okay, it you know, the door is shut at Golly Station. There was no way I would I would be able to leave them there anyway. So I might as well just drive them, you know, to be at a better school. So that they said that it would take a week for the decision to be made whether they can go to Bloomingdale and Rice Creek, right? So this morning, I get an email from um, the administrator from from the board of education, and it said that um, they've been placed. And so I was like, "Oh man, I gotta go pull up the attachment to see where they were placed at." And oh my gosh, they got placed at Golly Station Elementary and Middle School. And what's awesome about it is I don't just have one kid, I have three. And so it wasn't like just one spot that they had to try to push these kids. Like They gave me three spots in a, in a completely 
off limit type situation. So like I cried all morning. Oh, I read my email and I was in my office just crying, crying because I was so devastated. Like I really do care about my school, my, my kids, like their school, like their environment. And the school name is Godly Station. And they like, it's just, it's just been really good for them. They've been there since they started school. So what I got from it is that literally if you are in a situation or your life is presenting um, like a circumstance that you have absolutely no control over, then that's like perfect. God literally wants you to get to where you can't put your hands on it. So if it's your marriage, that's like kind of rocky. If it's your finances, your kiddos acting up, um, uh, like a job position, you're one open up. If you cannot control the situation, then that's good. Because the more you can't control the situation, the more glory God gets. I mean, I look at this my tears, my letter, my documents, me being on time, my parallel parks and everything. And nothing worked. Like it was nothing I could do to get my girls. Like only God could have done this. And what's even more awesome is the email that the woman sent me at the very bottom, her signature says, like her signature on all the emails she sends out, says, nothing is impossible. The word itself says, I'm possible. So I was like, God is talking to me. Like he was just letting me know he is the word. I had to stand on his word. His word is possible. So whatever you're facing right now, I'm just sharing this to be in, like an encouragement, as an encouragement. Whatever you're facing right now, no matter what it looks like, no matter, like seriously, what it looks like and how it makes you feel, know that God is going to come through on your behalf and that he will get the glory and it'll all work out for your good. So praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is, he's interested in all our stuff. Everything that concerns us concerns him. Kim Bowles, what's up, bro? Come on. Does it sound funny? No. Does that sound funny? I think I'm too close. Nah, this one's off. I think I'm too close to that. To the speaker. Yeah. Big bro. <laughs> you want me to sing Carl? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Well, I got it. My testimony is really quick. Um, so... Next month would be like two years that I've been back in Savannah, two years that I've been back working at where I'm working and just been working part-time. So last week, my area manager comes up to me. He was like, would you be interested in going full-time if maybe you have to go to a different branch or something like that? I was like, yeah, sure, okay, of course. Well, he called me back, and he was like, well, what he was trying to do is take, because one of the girls had just left our um, branch. She was the other part-time, and so what he was trying to do is get two part-time positions together rather than maybe having to move me. But the way the um, system works is, is the, the, the branches are done by models and by demographics. And they say, well, you only need this many people, this many full-time, this many part-time. So it had to go above him up into the corporate part of our um, decision-making. So when he called me today, he called me this morning, and he was like, well, I just want to let you know that we're going to just combine the two. We're just going to move you into the full-time position, and you'll start that Monday. So that's my testimony. Yeah. Hallelujah. You did good, bro. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you when, you, when you pursue and forsake all for Christ, man, he literally will take care of everything that concerns you. And we, we, we start in a position where we feel like nothing it's getting answered from God. That's how it starts. But God wants us to persevere. Jesus wants us to fellowship with his suffering. He doesn't want us to live in it. We have to experience a bit of it, a tiny taste, because it says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but the greater the suffering, the greater the glory. It said, this suffering cannot compare to the glory that shall be revealed in you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good, man. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna teach a little bit on some of the revelation that I got. Um, I've shared this probably twice already in the ministry. So I'm gonna start in Romans five and go from five one to five ten because I feel like a lot of us right now we got some new faces, uh, we got some seasoned vets, um, and we got some in between. And what I think is, and what I believe is, we're all in the same. We're all going through the same rotation. It doesn't matter where you are in growth with God. 
Nothing changes. Um, it's just, I believe how we handle situations is how we, you know, God sees our maturity in it. Okay? So just go with me, Carl. Roman 5.1 says, Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, acquitted declare righteous, and are giving, uh, give it to me in the King James Version. Yeah, hallelujah. That's a little bit better for me. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I'm going to stop right there. In this Bible, we have a Bible called, uh, it's a New King James Version, but it's called the New Spirit Life. The kingdom dynamic in this Bible says this, and I'm going to point out a few things. It says this. It said, the dynamic of God's grace speaks these truths. One, that God has been reconciled to the world through Christ's sacrifice. Two, the unmerited favor, favor and the unconditional acceptance that we receive from God. Three, these are things that God's grace speaks. Three, an empowerment for a task. Okay, an empowerment for a task. Taken together, these truths bring believers to a place of genuine freedom. I'm going to stop there real quick. When we first start the true walk with God, the conversion experience where I say, I don't want to do anything else unless it includes God. I don't want to live this life anymore unless God is in it. We, we can, in a sense, feel in bondage. We can sense feel in slavery. Okay, I, I'm not having fun. The things I used to do that I used to be enjoyable to me, they don't enjoy me anymore. The people I used to hang out with, I don't really like hanging out with them anymore. Um, those things, those fleeting pleasures of sin no longer are there, okay? Because you remember back in the day, we used to have fun in our sin. It used to be enjoyable. But now that we come into God, it's, it's not like that anymore. We prefer the things of God, but we don't know how they are. We don't know how they taste, so it's kind of weird at first, you know? I don't know if I really like this, but I'm, I'm going to keep trying it out. It's like caviar, some of you guys out there. All right. It brings believers to a place of genuine freedom. This is God's grace. Where we are free to obey. I can stop right there. How many times we feel like we are forced to obey God? Like if I don't obey God, lightning bolts are going to come down. Fire is going to come from heaven. Me and Carl talk about this time. The Lord's going to open up the ground and we're going to fall right on in it. How many times do we feel that way? Okay. Free to obey. We are where we are free to obey God, not to obtain his favor. Okay, we gotta we gotta move from the place of doing things to get God. From doing things to get God. God is already you guys get what I'm saying? We gotta I, I shouldn't be doing these things to obtain God's favor. I should not be worshiping to get God's favor. I should not be pulling away from people to get God's favor. I should be pulling away from God, uh, people so I can get more of God or so I can sanctify myself for the right purposes, okay? Not to obtain his favor, but because he has already given us his favor. Salvation is a whole word. It's complete. It's already done when we receive the Holy Spirit in our heart, okay? But then we grow in it, all right? So everybody receives a measure of salvation, as soon as the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Getting access and releasing that, that's a whole nother story. So that's why we have to grow up in God. All right? Within his unconditional acceptance, given us because of what Christ has done, we are freed from the need to monitor our behavior. All right, check this out. This is grace now. When I was going through my process, we're all still in the process, but when I was going through the process, I was so observant over my actions that I actually took away the power of the Holy Spirit to do an internal work. Because I was so obsessed with doing the right thing, in the flesh, I exercised self-control. You guys get what I'm saying? Yeah. Not in the spirit, in the flesh. So I could look at a girl lustfully and not pursue it through, through self-control of the flesh. Self-control of the spirit is acknowledging Beauty, but not the thought coming in. The thought can come, but it can't go in. All right, now, you, we all know, I'm just going to speak for men. There's a lot of beautiful women out there. I'm just going to be honest. They are. But in God, 
every person is an assignment. That's what it is. Every person is an assignment. So if I'm in the spirit, I acknowledge and I recognize, but I don't meditate. In the flesh, we meditate on those things. Okay? So through the Holy Spirit, okay, I hope I don't want to get off of this. We are free from monitoring. That was my biggest thing about women. Tori knows. This ain't no secret to her. This ain't no big old splash in the face. She already know. We talk about it. Continues. That's how I know God changed me. That's how I know God changed me. Because the thoughts that were inside my head that nobody knew about, that I was dealing with between me and God, God fixed those ideals. He, he fixed those thoughts. And check this out. A voice, okay, is a, excuse me, a thought is a voice of a God. So you have the kingdom of light, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Jehovah, the, the kingdom of God on this side. And you got the kingdom of darkness. All right? Those two kingdoms send thoughts to us. Point blank. If, I'm sorry to say it. We don't have our own thoughts. And when we have our own thoughts, they're the thoughts of darkness. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Okay, if we think we have our own thoughts, that's where we are. It's the enemy infiltrating our soul, giving us thoughts. Okay? So there, the, a voice, a thought is a voice of a God. Remember that. Because when we start judging these thoughts, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. When we start judging these thoughts, that will give us the ability. When we know God's voice, we can capture another voice. Because we know it's not that. Or we can ignore that voice. The thing is we're walking around don't know the voices that's speaking to us. We don't. We think every thought is either my thought or a thought from God. And that's a lie. I'm going to tell you. Somebody said this, I'm not saying it's mine, but God speaks to us more than we listen. He also speaks to us more than we, we hear. God is constantly trying to talk to us. And I'll tell you this, Satan is too. Because he knows where, where, where there's a little bit of living, it'll leaven the whole lump. So if you, if you have any agreement with the enemy, he will take it to his advantage. Okay? He will move onto that territory and try to commandeer the rest of it. Okay? Let's move on. So we are free from the need to monitor our behavior and loosed, all right, into the joy of knowing his friendship. Okay? When I come into God, grace gives me the ability to not monitor my behavior. God already knows I'm not perfect. But if my heart, which is already going to be pointed towards God once regeneration happens, but my soul starts coming into agreement with my spirit, my cardia. It's my cardio, right? This my cardio. Okay? When my when my heart gets pointed towards God, my thoughts are on God. He knows that I will make mistakes, but my heart is right. So I don't have to monitor my behavior because he's cleaning me up anyway. And then if I move out of that, I can move into the knowing, the knowledge of his friendship. Knowing that, okay, God died for me. I'm gonna talk about that later too. Knowing his person knowing who he is, and I'm free from that idea like, man, I'll never get this right. Condemnation is a straight lie, right from hell, and I know it very well. I do. It was a good friend of mine for a long time. It's not a friend of me anymore. It's, it's straight from the enemy because condemnation will cause you to uh, lower yourself. It will cause you to lower yourself and walk in false humility. It's a, it's a serious lie. And when you fellowship with that, you'll never see the exaltation of God's plan in your life. Bottom line, okay? We got to get out of false humility. We got to get out of false friendships. We got to get out of false everything. We got to get into the truth, which is Christ said, I am the, the way, the truth, and life. You got something? This is, I would just say peace because of thought, meaning, we can exercise humility, again, out of the flesh. So I can do things to show humility, but in my head, I'm, not, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Same thing with a friend. Oh, I love you. We can, we can hang out anytime. Back, I don't want to hang out with them. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's false. You don't really believe it in your heart. You just, it's just talking. Nope. That's good. I'm going to pass this mic around. And make sure you... Praise the Lord. You are, it's going to be powerful. Listen to this. Listen to this. What I'm getting at 
because it's, it's chapter 5 going from verse 1 to verse 10. Christ has already done it all, okay? We have to get into meditation of the scripture. We have to rightly divide the word of truth. That means you must spend time. If you're not spending time, the word says that don't be a merely a hearer of the word, but a doer. For if you're only a hearer, you are deceiving yourself. Meaning if I haven't got the rainbow word of the day, which I'm supposed to exercise, I am, de- I am deception. I am in deception. And I'm walking, going down back there. I'm walking with a false sense of pride or, or a false sense of peace. That's the word, peace. Thinking that I know it and I truly don't. That's it, okay? Meditation, I, I, I really want to, one of these classes we're going to have to talk about meditation. Because if you meditate on the word of God, he'll start popping words out to you. And if you meditate on those words, he's going to have it manifest in your life. Because he wants you to become his word. That's it. I'm almost done All right, on, this, on this part. So we're going to be loosed into the joy of knowing his friendship. We are focusing primarily, focusing primarily on our righteousness only diverts our attention from his love, loveliness. I'm going to say that again. Focusing primarily on our righteousness only diverts our attention from his loveliness. Okay? I can't be monitor how I'm doing along this process. I can't be getting to the works of righteousness and the works of flesh in the flesh. I must just rest in God and knowing that he already has it taken care of. Which ultimately erodes our dependence on him to produce in us the beauty of his character. This scripture, when I was reading this, 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 this stuff, it was breaking me down because it was everything I was going through. I practiced my hardest. This is, this is how I was trained growing up. I was just, I was trained this way. If you do something, you receive something, whether it be good or bad, right? A lot of us start at, it's, it's works of, it's, it's just works. So if I work really hard at something, I, I can get good results. If I exercise, I can lose weight. If I work, I'll make money. You know, if I, I stay up all night, you know, all these different things. But it says, this, and this is what I did in, in the spirit. I went into works of righteousness. I pursued God. My heart was right, but my soul was still in a bad place with God. God, you'll only do this if I worship. God, you only do this if I pray to you. You only do this if I read your word. Okay, I'm not saying you not to do those things, but I'm saying I put God in a place where he could only move in my mind if I did these things. Okay, so I I tried to get into righteousness to get God to move in my life. Well, I've already become righteous according to the word of God through regeneration, which was something I received freely. I didn't have to do anything except confess and believe. You guys getting where I'm going with this? All right, everybody with me? Which ultimately arose our dependence on him. We can get into righteousness and just disregard God. If I am perfect, why do I need God? If I'm doing everything right, why do I need God? Okay, so which ultimately rose our dependence on him to produce in us the beauty of his character. I'm going to talk about his character. God wants us to look just like him. And it's so funny. In the very beginning, it said, let us make man and woman or mankind, in our image. So we already look like God. Okay? We already look like God, but we may not even have his character. We're already in his image and in his likeness, but a lot of us do not have his character. We have his spirit through regeneration, but we don't have his mind through lack of process, through lack of meditation, through lack of time spent. Okay? So I'm going to move on to three. It says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. How many, everybody can raise their hand. Y'all don't even know I got to ask the question. Who's going through some sort of tribulation? Okay. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, the willingness to push on, the willingness to keep going no matter what. And perseverance, character. Whose character do we want? Christ, yes. And character, hope. And it says, and now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured upon in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
I talked about this maybe in, uh, Kenrick might have heard this about three times already. Christ is the hope of glory. Okay? And we have hope. And I'm just going to speak for all of us. Our hope is to become more like God, to become more like Christ. What did Christ do? Our hope is to become more like God, to become more like Christ, to be renewed into his mind. We already have his image. We're already made in his likeness. But we want to become more like him uh, in our souls, in our minds. What was Christ like? Okay? I'm just going to point out one scripture. Go to Hebrews 12, 2. Everybody knows this scripture too. You have to, you, when you read the word of God, you should be questioning and asking God questions. What does this mean? What are you trying to say to me right here? Okay? You should be in an exchange. That's what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God and God talking back. It's not just us talking to God. You enter in true prayer when God starts speaking back to you. Okay? It says, looking unto Jesus. Jesus is the word. So looking unto the word of God which is the author and the finisher of our faith, who, this is what I want to point out, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Okay? So what did Christ do? Christ had a joy that was set before him, which enabled him to endure the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, so if our hope is to become more like Christ, let's take a picture and let's look at what Christ is or who he is or what he did. For who, or excuse me, who for the joy that was set before him, who all knows what that joy was? Well, Tori knows that she can't say it. Just for this teaching. Mamie knows it. Kenrick's already heard it. Who knows what that joy was? Okay, what else? Yeah, y'all can put it on the mic if you want. Okay, we were, we were his joy. Todd in the back is... Okay, well, listen to this. Why was Christ sent? That shall no man should perish, but it says um, in John 3, 16, so God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten, begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. Right? And then also says the will of God is that no man should perish. So initially, check this out. Through this regenerated spirit right here, and a little man in there, when we receive Christ in our heart, when we accept God, what does that give us with God? Relationship. So what was the joy set before God, set before Christ? That we would have a relationship with the Father as he has a relationship with the Father. He, he, his joy is for us to be reconciled to the all creator, to almighty God. All right? So who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross? All right. Now here's a question. What is the joy set before y'all? What are the joys that are set before y'all? What are the joys for some people's mates? Right? That's not it. Ordination. Definitely ordination. Um, you know, salvation, wholeness. Fullness in every area. You know, what is it? I don't know. We can get specific. Our kids going to a, a, a good school, children, wealth, big house, all these. <laughs> I, just, I, just know, I just know what our joy is. I know what that joy, it would, be, it would give us joy if we receive that, right? I'm just, those are just material things. A true joy is to help bring people into God's likeness for me. There's no greater joy. Two, two of my greatest joys is watching a, a person come to Christ and then watching them go up and choose God. Come on, man. And it's nothing like it. I had it Saturday, I had the opportunity to pray for somebody to come into the Lord. And check this out. I heard God ask, and during worship, I asked God. I wasn't asking God. God showed me something. He told me I was going to impart some things that night. No joke. It's not even my service. But through worship, this is what I heard. I said, well, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, You'll release it through Gene. <laughs> I'm not joking, bro. This is what I was thinking. So, essentially, there was three boys that were here from youth. And uh, all three of them came up at separate times. Um, it was pretty awesome because every time I get to pray for somebody, I have an awesome experience. It's like God will show pictures before me. He'll say words in my ears. Everything needs to be spoken, no joke. 
So I heard these three things in worship, and I didn't think these boys were going to come up. He told me to impart leadership into them, commission them into the army of God as leaders. How cool is that? That's really awesome, man. Um, so I did that. But the, it was almost over, and one of the boys didn't come up. And I went and I, I asked Carl to go grab the young man, and he came up. I'm calling him up to impart leadership into him. And as soon as I come up, the Lord said, it's his time. I'm not joking. I didn't think I was going to pray for him for salvation. So I looked at him. The dude's probably a little bit taller than me. I was up looking at it like this. I said, hey, man, you think it's your time? And he's like, yes, sir. One of the most, Tori heard it. She just broke out right in the intercession. I don't know when Tori is not in intercession. Let's just be honest. She's continuously in intercession. But the young man, I didn't call him up there to coerce him into giving his life to Christ. I was only going to do what I was asked to do in worship, which was, was, was to release leadership into his life at a young age. So he wouldn't be a follower, and he would lead people to rise. But when the, when the Lord walked up, man, it was crazy, man. The man walked down this This is something, this place, boy, it's, boy, it's, <laughs> this aisle right here, it's wild. <laughs> but I just looked right at him, the Lord said, this is time. And it, it was, I, you, you want to know how I knew it was God? The thought came so fast, I couldn't, have, I couldn't even have thought it. I couldn't even have thought that that fast. And I was already, my mind was already on something. I'm about to lay hands and just release leadership. No joke. It's amazing that God has show you these things because I felt like doing worship and all, everybody will feel the same thing when you get up and start doing it. God will put a hunger in you to do something. And you will understand what it is while it's happening. And then you start talking back and forth, like, God, what is this that I'm feeling? Is, do you want me to do this? How, why would I do this? It's not my service. And, you go into a deep conversation with me. He'll speak back. I'm not, spe- I'm not special in that sense. Got to talk to you right now. Are we open to hear from God? Are we truly allowing our, uh, our spiritual ears to be open? Are we really channeling the right thoughts? Okay, I'm just, okay, we're on Hebrews 12. Okay. So what are the joys that are set before you? We all have them. Okay, one of mine is, like I said, for to see people come. I want to see people free, out of bondage. That's the joy that is set before me. Check this out. Are we willing to bear that cross to see somebody else? That's the truth. Are you willing? Are you willing? And what it says is, whoever will follow me, this is what Jesus said, must take up his cross. Must forsake everything else and take up his cross. Okay? But is that joy great enough that you'll go and endure the cross? A lot of us are enduring the cross right now. The crucifixion, death, burial, rest, resurrection, however you want to say it. Okay? Death is a thing, in a sense, it's going to have pain, but it can be painless when we truly surrender to God. And when I say painless, that means it's about a breath. Because you'll initially feel something leaving you. Boy, I never forget it. Me and Tori had a talk in the bathroom. I'm not going to talk about that talk. But boy, she told me something that just destroyed me. Carl saw me that day. Carl literally saw me die. And what I, and what I mean by that, it wasn't even me that died. It was the person that I created of myself, the person that I maintained, an image, all these different things, a, a, a great facade of all this stuff. And when the, lie, the greatest lie that I had made was chopped down, that image, that facade, all these different things came right along down with it, and your boy was dead. And I'll tell you this, I did feel pain. I did feel suffering. But the moment I chose God, pain lifted. I'm not joking. We have a choice. It can be about a breath, or it can be long, long. I can speak from my experience. Can't nobody take my experience from me except the Lord Christ himself. I am telling you. All right, let's move along. Okay, so are you willing for the joy set before you to endure the cross, whatever God has laid on your heart? We all have a burden. To carry. We all have a cross. The, the burden is Christ. 
the yoke is Christ, okay? Just think about this. He already took everything to the cross, every sin that was committed and that would be committed, everything, all right? So God already felt it. He already knew. That's a, man, think about when somebody sins against you. When a person lied to you, a person cheats you or whatever it is, don't it feel bad? It feels horrible. It don't feel good. Think about the weight of the sin of the world on one man. It's unbearable when you think about it. And we get crossed by one person. We're ready just to lose it. We're ready just to go bananas. It also says he despised the shame. When we're going through this process, this, when, we, when we've bearing that cross or enduring that cross, people are going to come in and try to shame us. What are you doing? It is not God. That is not, you're not following God. You are wrong. And don't, sometimes we can start feeling shameful. That ain't God. That place you go in there, that ain't, God don't live there. That's in the coat. All this different stuff. You're going to get it. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be the closest people around you. That's going to be the first ones because Satan will use the closest ones to you. No one, no one is exempt. All right? You must know the voice behind the spirit. You must spend time with God. You must spend time with God. It is a must because we will be destroyed by thoughts. Whatever starts in here manifests out here. And we will have disaster in our mind and we will create disaster in our life. For real, we'll have violence in our mind. We'll create violence in our, and whatever it is. You can, you can meditate on God and have God manifest outside. Despising shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The right hand, you know, we say, that's, that's my right hand, man. It's like the dude that just like execute everything you need him to do. Hey, man, you take care of this. You'll do that. He said at the right hand of God. All subject, all power, all authority, all things are subject to his power. All of that. When we, for the joy that was set before us, endure the cross and despise the shame, we can sit together with Christ. With him. Not without him. You have to have it with him. And when you're sitting up there with authority with him, you'll only say what he's telling you to say. You won't move on your own. You won't be trying to call out fireballs. For some people that won't let you in their house, you won't be doing none of that. You'll be only speaking what the Father says. That's what Christ did. All right, I'm going to move on to something else before I move down to Scripture. Because this is something that really touched me. It's something I'm meditating on because, you know, sometimes you can hear from God, but you don't really know how to articulate it. You don't really know how to get it out. It's in, um, go to... 1 Corinthians 2.8. No, go to 2.6 first. Sorry. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. We're speaking wisdom, right? Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. I can go on that for, for a good minute. Next verse, please. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Really listen to these scriptures. Okay? Next. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For if, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Let's go back. Start at six again. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. He's basically saying, I can tell you this. You guys can listen to this. You're ready for this. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Okay, I hope y'all are really hearing this. For which none of the rulers of this age knew. I'll go back to the next last one. I'm sorry. Seven. The wisdom of God in a mystery. Who would have thought God would send himself in a man to die for us, even though it was already prophesied about? Who would have thought that? Who would have, who, who's, who would have created that? Whose idea would that have been? Okay. 
So we speak of the wisdom of God in the mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before. This was already ordained for our glory. This was already to be for our glory. Next scripture, please. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. They did not know. <laughs> for if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Satan is so dumb. He is so silly. The only person that can look at the person who created me and say, I am better than you. I can do your job better than you. I should be God. And then actually try and do that. A, a complete idiot. I'm almost done. A complete idiot. The word says, which none of the rulers of this age would have knew, for if they had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. Rulers of this age. What is Christ? I mean, what is Satan in this world? The ruler of the air. He has dominion, power over the air of this world. We're still in the age where Christ is about to come. We're in that. We're in this, we're in this uh, generation, right? Which none of the rulers would have known. If Satan is so dumb. If he would have known what was going to happen if Christ was crucified, he wouldn't have done it. He did not know. I heard Gene say this. This is not me. He said they were throwing a party while Christ was on the cross in hell. They thought they had him. They were rejoicing. We got him now. Remember, remember the scriptures that talk about the man had the, uh, the, I guess it's called the harvest area or something like that. And he, he, lent, he lent his land to people. And every time he sent his servants to get his portion, they would do something like kill him and stuff, and they, they sent his son. And he said, oh, we'll really get the inheritance now if we kill his son. So they were partying as Christ was being crucified. And Christ was crying out. I'm telling you, I wouldn't have been able to take one whip on the back. I wouldn't have. All right, Lord, you're going to have to take me right now. Have anybody, who's been beaten up really bad in here? <laughs> I'm the younger brother. I've been punched in the eye. I've been spit on. I, a lot of stuff has happened to me, you know, but I'm ain't like I got super badly whipped up, but I felt some pain before. Um, but I can't imagine what he went through. I can't. Even to the thought of meditating on it, 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 it hurts. To think he would do that for me, someone who's undeserving, because I trust me, I, I had my time where I, where I just straight forsook God. I just turned my back, act as if he never existed. Okay, so they were partying. They were rejoicing, man. I'm sure they had everything you could think of going on in hell. Orgies. You know, some sort of beverages that just aren't good for you. All type of every, everything that encompasses the enemy on earth, I'm sure they were doing it in hell. Or Satan's territory, whatever that would have been at that time. For if they would have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because in Colossians, Cameron told me this scripture, which one is Colossians? Hmm. This is what it says. Go to Colossians 2.15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. For if they would have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When Christ gave up his spirit, they buried him, and for three days, however long, he went and conquered Death in the grave. Death, hell in the grave. And took the keys of death. Did, did he not? That's what the word says, right? Okay. I can just imagine Christ entering Satan's domain and saying, come over here, boy, and beating the stank out of him. I'm not joking. I can, I can literally imagine just dragging him by his, you know, when people get beat up real bad, somebody got him by their collar. I can just imagine the whipping he put on him. 
And then it says that he made a public spectacle. Because if he would have known, he would have not crucified him because what was to happen was we were going to be reconciled to our daddy. And we, who were made in the likeness and image of God, was going to walk in the authority that was once ordained as it was in the garden. This man, just so dumb, blew right over his head. Right? Because I want you to know, spirits recognize spirits. So when Christ would walk up to a demon-possessed man, the spirits would cry out and say, son of God. The demons, which were subject to Satan's rule, recognized that he was God. How dumb could Satan be to recognize God and think he has him conquered on a cross? A cross, a piece of wood. All right? Almost done. Everybody has been through something. I don't care where we are in life. We've all been through something, right? And those things, those choices we might have made through ignorance or, you know, just a hard time in life. If that knowledge of the age would have known that the things they were putting us through, we would have not been crucified. We would have not have endured those hardships. If they would have known. I know a few of us in here, I'm not going to speak for it. I just know a couple people have, have, they were sexually touched in the wrong way at a young age. I'm just going to say that. Some people have been, been lied to their entire life. Some people have been told that you're worth nothing. Some people have been frowned upon. Every time they try something, you'll never do that right. Some people have just been whipped up. If the wisdom and the rulers of this age would have known, they would have never messed with y'all. Right? They would have never messed with you. There's some things happening in my life that I can't even explain. It was just like, why is there a bullseye on my back? Right? It's like demons are attracted to us. Don't y'all feel like that sometimes? Why can't I just get a break? Because it's a dumb devil out there. And you're supposed to be smarter than them. But if the rulers of this age would have known, they would have never did it, right? They would have left you alone because they already know the impact you're going to have on the kingdom. But not, not just the kingdom, but on the world. I just imagine, for some of us that have really gone through some things, what's going to happen when that glory shall be revealed in us and on us? I'm, my mind can't even comprehend it. Because you can see it for somebody. But we say the harder the struggle, the greater the, you know, the reward, right? For if they would have known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they would have known, they wouldn't have been messing with you. Okay? And then it said in Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. And those things the enemy has used to beat you down constantly in your soul. Those lies you were told, those thoughts of abuse, everything that you can't seem to break free from, Christ himself is going to make a public spectacle on your behalf for those issues, for those things. Christ himself. It has already happened, but when it manifests in real time, when you're able to get up and speak forth the testimony, we talk about seeing bondage broken. You get up and you start talking about what God has done in your life. And you'll see, you'll literally see, see chains come up off of people. You'll see yokes be broken. You want to know how a yoke is broken on somebody? How they worship. To be honest with you, we have levels of or different yokes on us. Watch how somebody worship and you'll see if they got a yoke on them. You'll see if there's a yoke around their neck. I'm not telling you to watch somebody in worship. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying watch somebody in worship, but judge yourself. Am I willing to lift my hands to the Lord or will I be bound? That's what a yoke, y'all remember what a yoke? Medieval times. That's the only reason I know what a yoke is because medieval times. 
And when they wanted to make a public spectacle of somebody that might have stole something, they put you in the middle of everything and they did just like this. You was like this in front of everybody in town. I ain't never seen nobody worship like that. I've seen people bent over. <laughs> I've seen somebody lay prostrate. We're talking about freedom, right? I want Satan to know how free I am. So every time I get in worship, I'm going to lift my hands. Joke ain't got me bound. I don't care what lie he told me. I don't care what lie he told y'all. Y'all free too. By the blood of Jesus Christ. But he's going to make a public spectacle on your behalf. I don't know how else to say that. Basically, he's going to reverse the things, add his blood, add his glory, add everything on top of it to make Satan look dumb. Make him wish he never, ever did it. That's what it is. Okay? We're almost done. But isn't that awesome? I don't... Words can't, I, I don't, later, bro. Love you, man. I can't put words to it because that should give you hope. Someone's been fighting the same battle for the last five years, six years, our entire life. I don't know how old everybody is. For real. It's been the same yoke. I know what yoke I've been carrying the longest. Let's just be honest. I know. I know what's been hovering around me, trailing me waiting for a moment to pronounce because of what I'll say. You give the enemy access to you by what you say. Straight up, man. You do. You give them access to you by what you say. So I know what's been trailing me. We all know what that thing is. But I want to bring it to you like this, man. It's not for nothing. It's so his glory shall be revealed in you and on you. Let's, let's go back to... Romans 3, I mean Romans 5, no, Romans 6, and then we're going to finish up with these last scriptures. Romans 5, 6. For if they would have known, man, they were partying in, they was partying in, in the second heaven. I don't know what their word is for hallelujah. I don't. The enemy, I don't know what their highest form of praise is. I think it's an orgy. To be honest with you, I think that's what the highest form of praise is in the, in the dark kingdom. But I can just imagine the party that took place. You know, Satan deceived one third of the angels. The man has a way with words. Wouldn't you agree? To look upon God. I wouldn't even say he looked at God because he's so glorious, but and still want to turn your back on him. You got to have some level of influence. All right, it says, for when we were still without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. All right? But basically what it just said, when I wasn't right with God, when I was a sinner, when I was jacked up, one might die for a good dude. One may die for a righteous man. But I don't really hear of anybody dying for somebody who's not good, you know, for a bad person. Next scripture, please. But God, it didn't say Christ, but God demonstrates his own Lord's love towards us that while we were still sinners, that bad person, Christ died for us. Much more, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. And we're going to stop at 10. This blew my mind. How many of you know, you know, you know you're saved? We know we gave our life to Christ, right? <laughs> Me too. It says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I've already received Christ. The word that, when I meditate on the word that popped out to me was saved. If I'm already saved by him, why am I saved again by his life? These are questions that I'm asking. I've already been saved. So why is the scripture telling me that I shall be saved again by his life? You guys get where I'm going? I'm already saved when I receive Christ. Why does it say I shall be saved again if I'm already saved? The Greek word, I don't know how you pronounce it, but the, the Greek meaning of the word saved means this. To deliver, protect. To do well, to preserve, 
and to make whole. So when I meditate, I meditate on the word. I find out what the Greek word, what the Greek, what the word means in Greek. And then when it gives me definitions, whatever word pops out me in that, that's what I place in the place of the scripture. Okay? For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be made whole by his life. All right, let's go back. What is the joy that is set before us? What is the what is the hope? What is our hope? Right? This scripture, go to it in the amplifier for me, because I'm about to really just finish it off. We shall be made whole by his life. We shall be made whole by his life. How many people here have a lack? Relationship lack, money lack, uh, whatever lack, clothing lack, I don't know. Job lack, out, you know, whatever it is. We all got a lack, right? You can get to a place where you don't have a lack. You have an abundance of everything. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain now that we were, now that we are reconciled, that we shall be made whole through his resurrection life. Okay? I went to Amplify because I read, read in Amplify for the first time this morning. I was going to break it down. The word much and more in the other part, the King, New King James Version, means abundantly more. The actual word much means like abundantly more. And then he put more in the back of it. It was like even more, like to an overflow. So here it is. The fact that I've come to God, it, it was in God's heart so much that while I was a sinner, he would send his son to die that I shall be reconciled to him. But God is even more willing, the fact that I've already come to him to make me whole. He's more willing to make me whole now that I've come to a son than he was even willing to have me be reconciled to him. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I, I talked about Tori was reading in the word and she talked about the multitude of waters, how powerful it is. And you know when you, multitude of waters, it's like the multitude of seas, that's what it's called. How powerful it is. And it says his love is like a multitude of the seas. And think about when somebody, like, you, y'all remember when y'all first had that experience of God where your heart was like, like, you in your seat, like, damn, man, what is this feeling I feel in my chest? It's kind of the same experience you have when there's, a, like, terror, when there's fear. So if I was in a boat and it's about to capsize, what do you think your heart's about to do? If I'm, by, or I'm drowning, I fell over a boat, you know, overboard. It's like, you guys get what I'm saying? That's his love when he's drawing us. So think about that love, how if I'm sitting on the seat, somebody's speaking the word, and it's like, man, this dude is speaking right to me. What is, what is going on inside? He's even more willing than that once we come to him to make us whole. Are y'all hearing me? He wants his whole. It blew my mind because if we don't meditate on the word of God, we'll miss it. I'm going to be straight with you. For real, that's how we get this mind renewed. You can't just read the word of God through logos. It'll fill your spirit and God will reveal things to you. But when God pops something up out you and you meditate on it, he has something for you. Now think about where my mind just went when that, think about where your mind can go with that. If God was willing to give his only son so that I shall be reconciled to him and in Christ for the joy set before him endured the cross, how willing is God to make us whole? Spirit, soul, body, finance, relationships. Come on. How much more? I can just imagine because I remember what happened when that Lord was tugging on me. I, I, I was sitting right there. I had already came to Christ. I ain't had a conversion though. And Miss Teresa was preaching. That was her trial sermon. I don't know what was said. I don't remember anything about that night, but it was an altar call, and my it was like you could see. It, I, I bet you could saw it, but I didn't want to move. I had pride. Some of us got. I did. I had pride. Boy, Miss Teresa just came and hugged me. I'll never forget this day in my life. There was so much pain in me. I squeezed her. So I squeezed her like she was a man. I squeezed her and she started prophesying to me. She said something, boy, this is the funniest thing when I think about it. Told me to lift my hand. Probably the first time I ever lifted my hands before the Lord. She started speaking to me. And I screeched, Jesus! I screeched out. And I fell prostrate. 
and I was reaching, crawling towards the altar. I'll never forget it. I didn't even know what I was doing. It was like I had an out-of-body, inner-body experience. Like my body was literally crawling to get to the front. I'm not joking. I was so in shock that my, body's, my body was having convulsions in the seat. I don't know if you remember that. I was, I was jerking. I didn't know what I was experiencing. I'm not joking. But God, if God is so willing to have us, and if he is so willing, so willing to have us that he would sacrifice his son, Man, it's basically on a platter for us to be made whole. We're already in God. We can hear from God clearly. God is going to speak to you, and you're going to know it's him straight up. So if that's that, what's really holding us back? Ourselves. Ourselves. Lack of belief. Lack of knowledge. It says we perish for lack of knowledge. No vision. Perish for no vision. You can go down a list. But God, I want to say he's, yeah, he's made it easy. We have to lay down our life for another person. Essentially, I need to lay down my life for Christ. I'm willing to give up the life that I once wanted for the life that he's always wanted for me. We have to let it all go, forsake everything. I hope this was good. I hope it was tight. Probably the best way I've ever articulated. I was talking, it's hard when God starts speaking to you. And I'm not saying it's hard. Like, you can hear it the way you want to say it. But when you try to start to manifest it in the natural, it sounds like mumbo jumbo sometimes. It's like, nobody's get, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm, I'm repeating myself 10 times. But the word much more was saying abundantly more, greatly more, exceedingly more, all these different things. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm living, in, I'm living for you. I've chosen you. I'm really trying to live righteously. Why haven't these areas in my life been made whole? He took me, I was, I was reading, popped that scripture out, and I started doing it, studying it. He basically said, I'm much more willing, Chris. You don't understand how willing I'm, I am to make you whole. That's where your lack of knowledge is. You don't understand how willing I am to make you whole. You don't have that revelation. I've been reading this for a week. This one scripture. It says, for if when we were enemies, you know, we used to be enemies of God. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. I can't imagine a, a person dying for a, a, a bad person. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Meditating on that, that one scripture. I don't read nothing. If I read something else, it's for a brief second because God is like teaching me something. Like that, if the, if, if the wisdom would have known, if the principalities or the rulers would have known, they wouldn't have crucified them. I think that's really good. I think that's super awesome. The word also says that when we, when we know God and we rebel against Christ, we crucify Christ again. That's what the word says, too. We can crucify Christ through disobedience. I can go right to it. Y'all want me to? Now I won't go to it. That's it. I don't have anything else. I hope y'all got something out of the teaching. Uh, anybody got any questions? All right. Let me pray. Lord, you got something, baby? This is my wife. I'm proud of her. I am proud of this woman. Words can express. Words can express. She has changed through submission to the Godhead, not to the manhead, to the Godhead. She has really allowed God to infiltrate her life. And what a woman should do, I'm going to say this very lightly, she should consult with her husband. She would. When Tori has questions about something, she doesn't hesitate to ask me. That doesn't mean she asked me first. I know she asked God. Tori spends numerous hours with God. It's astonishing. Um, but if it's something that is like continuously on her heart, baby, tell me about this. This is when I'm really when the gift is really getting pulled out of me. Mimi comes home with a question all the time. I want them to ask questions because it's really challenging the spirit in me. Okay, let me. See. And it's amazing what God to speak. Got to do that with everybody. <laughs> I'm not special. I will say this, when God gives you a mic, it's for one purpose and one purpose only. 
to glorify his name. So the things that God has done in my life, he'll do in your life and more, much more, because he was willing to give his son for you. Every one of y'all will have this one day. And when you do, do the right thing with it. If you don't do anything else, Lord, I give you glory. I give you honor. I'm telling you, an atmosphere will change just by saying that. I don't care where you are. We're moving into this new move. I know me and Tori, for sure. But moving with the quickness of the spirit and watching when God shows you something and just doing it on impulse, doing it thoughtlessly. Have you ever heard that word? Thoughtlessly. You know, sometimes we speak thoughtlessly. But when you get unto God and renewed to God and you move thoughtlessly before him, we're talking about we're talking about the heaven gates, the heavens opening up. I mean for his glory to come down, not for the blessings to come. For the glory can come down and to move through you, to be a carrier of his presence. Man, there's no more fear in his kingdom. We need to get to the place that when we speak, things change. I'm not saying I'm tired of laying on hands every time I pray for somebody. I have an awesome experience. But I want to get to the place where when I see something, I call it out and it leaves. If I see something, it's the truth and there's an exchange. I don't know. Whatever happens, if somebody's in a wheelchair, you're supposed to be walking and just walk away and they're getting up out of the wheelchair. Simple as that. That's where I really want to get. This is flesh. God don't need that. He put it on us so we can have it, so he can have access to the earth. But God spoke the earth into creation. All right, let me pray. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you. I honor you. I just give you all the glory. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your revelation. And I ask that tonight you give us a new hunger, a deeper hunger and a deeper thirst, as if we haven't ever tasted your goodness before God, and we wanted it. Give us that hunger. Give us that thirst for your presence, your word, for worshiping you, God. We thank you that we can worship you. I thank you, Lord, that I can open my mouth to you, Lord, and just tell you how awesome you are. And I thank you that I can lift my hands to you, God, because you have set me free. I bless you. I just say thank you for changing my life, my wife's life, and the lives of the people around us and in here. And I thank you that you're just doing a miraculous work. Let this word tonight be on good ground and let it be rooted and grounded that for it may bring good fruit and a fruit that shall remain. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.